What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. Omron, and a year ago, I was begging you guys to draft Garrett Wilson. He was my most drafted player. You guys can see $1,200 of entry fees absolutely poured into Garrett Wilson. We had a video about him a year ago. He was the front man on the cover. The whole idea was that he was mispriced. We were going after him. Ended up doing well. He wasn't a monster down the stretch because you had the QB situation where Mike White went down on the Jets, but he was a high advance rate player. Somebody, if you drafted him, then that team probably did a lot better than if you took somebody else in like the 10th or 9th round, wherever Garrett Wilson was going. But what we're going to talk about today in terms of 2023 is through about like 200 best ball drafts so far for me for the 2023 season, my most owned player again is a rookie wide receiver. So we're not going to talk about him just yet. It'll be a little bit of a surprise, but this is another rookie wide receiver. I think is just as mispriced as Garrett Wilson was. We're going to get into why rookie wide receivers are a cheat code in fantasy football and then talk about the rookie wide receiver that I cannot stop drafting in 2023. So with all that being said, if you enjoyed this video at any point, make sure down below, subscribe, leave a like. Let's go. Now, before we even talk about this rookie wide receiver, I want to bring up why we even target rookie wide receivers in general. And this is a really nice sort of visualization of the idea of targeting rookie wide receivers by Jack Miller over at, I believe, Establish the Run now. But it shows just on a complete whole. He took all of the rookies and all of the veteran wide receivers and he charted their points per game. This was done in like 2021. But as you guys can see, the veterans, as the weeks of the season go on, their points per game goes down, right? They're older, they're breaking down. Whereas rookies, it goes way up. So, you know, they might only, they might not even be startable through the first like six weeks, seven weeks of the season. But towards that back half, they are supercharging your team, you know, loading you up for playoff runs and really boosting your team. Whereas veterans don't have that same effect. So we want to be, you know, targeting rookie wide receivers if they're stacking on their best performances at the end of the year when we're making money, right? Those are the most important weeks. Weeks 14 through 17 is when we're winning money. We're in the playoff weeks. We're trying to win championships. That's when we want our studs to come out. We don't want them to, you know, fizzle out after the first however many weeks. Kind of like I think like Clado Delaire was kind of like that last year now a way to kind of show that another time in terms of how impactful rookie wide receivers have been is that as we can see on the whole rookie wide receivers you know they get better as the year goes on where veterans either stay the same or get worse and I think something to picture that even a little bit better is you know how good are these rookie wide receivers down the stretch because you know you see it there and it's like what by week 15 rookie wide receivers are like just above 10 points per game but that's not what it's about that's you know rookie wide receivers as a whole but I decided to zoom in a little bit more and look at individual seasons. So these are rookie wide receivers from 2022 through 2019. And I just picked week 10 on. It, there's nothing like special about week 10 on, but I just figured that's like, you know, the back half of an NFL season, weeks 10 through 18, I think is like nine games. And during those stretches, you have from each year, you have 12 total wide receivers here. These are wide receivers who were in points per game from weeks 10 on were a wide receiver 24 in points per game or better. So wide receiver two or better. And you can see, 
yes, you have the studs up top where Justin Jefferson was averaging 19.4 points per game from week 10 on. By the way, the way that you're reading this chart uh, or table, you have the player, their rookie year, their points per game from week 10 on. Then you have their point per game position rank from week 10 on. So Justin Jefferson averaged 19.4 points per game from weeks 10 on in his rookie year. That was the wide receiver four in points per game over that stretch. You drafted him at an ADP of 56. Wide receiver 56 is where you drafted him. So the, those numbers at the end are where you drafted these guys. And that's what's so insane. You look at the top, right? All the way from A.J. Brown through Justin Jefferson are all wide receivers who were wide receiver ones from week 10 on, right? Wide receiver 12 or better. And all of them besides Jamar Chase weren't even drafted inside of the top 45 wide receivers per ADP. So you're getting wide receiver one production in the weeks that matter the most, and you're not paying for it. You're paying, you know, wide receiver 46, right? Jefferson's wide receiver 50, 56. You have Amon Ross St. Brown, wide receiver 78. Elijah Moore, wide receiver 54. Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver 61. Like these guys are dirt cheap, and they're giving you massive, massive, you know, EV and win rate added to your team on the back half of the season when that's the most impactful, you know, timeline of the season. Then even after that, you have like Debo Samuel, who you drafted at like wide receiver 69. He was the wide receiver 14 down the stretch. You know, Darius Slayton, Terry McLaurin, Garrett Wilson last year, he was drafted wide receiver 52. He was the wide receiver 24 down the stretch. Just really, really good stuff that we should be targeting where on an average since 2019, there have been, on average, three rookie wide receivers each year that have been a top 24 wide receiver or better in points per game from weeks 10 on. So now we know rookie wide receivers, they might not help you over the first six weeks, but down the stretch, they have massive, massive upside to outperform their ADP. And the rookie wide receiver that I am targeting because of all of this is, drumroll, Quentin Johnston. This is through 152 pre-draft best ball drafts right so that's before the draft and then 92 teams after the draft now and through both of them my most drafted wide receiver is Quentin Johnston now I like him a lot I think he's mispriced and he reminds me a lot of Garrett Wilson that's why I opened up with Garrett Wilson because when we look at last year the whole idea behind me drafting Garrett Wilson was the dynasty community saw Drake London Traylon Burks Garrett Wilson was the cream of the crop, right, in terms of just prospect strength. And when we're betting on rookies, right, when we saw that chart from before, or that table from before, a lot of these guys aren't even on great teams, right? Amon Ross St. Brown was on a Lions team. Elijah Moore was on a, a Jets team that was awful. Garrett Wilson on the bottom was on a Jets team that was awful. Darius Slayton and Terry McLaurin were on, you know, Giants and Washington teams that weren't great. Um, you know, Waddle, that was, that was Waddle before, like, Tua and Tyree Kill even really broke out. The Packers offense wasn't great last year with Christian Watson, like, situation with these wide receivers it almost doesn't matter a ton it's really more about can this wide receiver get on the field and ball out so when it comes to that and we're betting on rookie rookie wide receivers I think prospect profile and you know to a more macro level kind of dynasty ADP gives us a good look at where wide receivers should be bunched and based on that we saw Drake London was up top Traylon Burks was up top right top 72 picks per ADP top 35 wide receivers and we go all the way down to Garrett Wilson pick 98 he was a whole like 28 picks cheaper I was screaming at the top of my lungs he was way too cheap I mean same thing with Olave but I just didn't feel the time that Olave was the same level prospect as those guys now moving forward to 2023 we got something very similar here with Quentin Johnston where you have you know JSN again like Drake London pushed up to the top and that's fine he was the first wide receiver off the board then you have Jordan Addison 
who is like pick 70-ish. And then you have Quentin Johnston, who is a full like 20 picks cheaper than Jackson Smith and the Jigba. He is not seen by the redraft market as inside of the same tier as a dynasty market season. Even if it's like, oh, JSN's a way better uh, wide receiver prospect, which I had him as my wide receiver one, but he was drafted literally back-to-back uh, with Quentin Johnson and Jordan Addison in the 20s, unlike, you know, London and Garrett Wilson were top 10 picks. But even then, Jordan a- Addison and Quentin Johnson are in the same tier um, and you can see there's, you know, like four wide receivers in between them. He's like almost a round cheaper. He's a seventh round pick in redraft. And that's just so cheap. And even when we talk about, you know, it's not even so much about uh, Quentin Johnson versus JSN or anything. But even if we like compare those situations again, all drafted within like four picks of each other in the, the real NFL draft. They're all in the same tier of wide receiver prospect to me. And they're all in similar spots, right? Where JSN is almost identical to Quentin Johnston in that he is going into a wide receiver room with two established guys, right? JSN has Metcalf and Lockett. Quentin Johnston has Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. The difference is that the Chargers are going to have Kellen Moore calling plays and Justin Herbert at quarterback, where the Seahawks have Geno Smith at quarterback. And we haven't really seen him string together two good seasons yet. I'm not saying he's going to be bad or anything. I'm just saying JSN's also wide receiver three on his depth chart. Quentin Johnson's wide receiver three on his depth chart, and his quarterback is better. So I just don't think, I think 20 picks apart of ADP is kind of insane when it comes to JSN versus Quentin Johnston versus Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison isn't the wide receiver three on his team, but he is behind Justin Jefferson, so that's pretty tough. So I just think that there is a little bit of a bias against Quentin Johnson's prospect profile. I think that people, the redraft market in particular, are a little bit too certain with their scouting, you know, prospect profile on Quentin Johnson. It just makes absolutely no sense for him to be that far behind Addison, never mind that far behind JSN. And I think it's because people are very sure that he's going to be a bust, right? Where people say he like body catches. That's the biggest thing with Quentin Johnson. He body catches on film. People hate that. And I think that's what's really fueling the discount here. And I'll take that all day because like the title said, uh, I think the title is going to be something like Quentin Johnson or this rookie wide receiver is built to win fantasy football leagues. Quentin Johnson's to win fan is built to win fantasy football leagues in particular underdog best ball leagues where it's the, you know, best lineup every week. You don't have to set your lineup. Quentin Johnson's going to have monstrous, monstrous spike weeks. He is built in a lab to give you spike weeks in best ball. Now, if you aren't already, make sure you check out underdog fantasy. I'll have a link at the top of the comments down below. I'll have a link in the description. It'll be pinned at the top of the comments. You click it. It'll take you to underdog fantasy. It'll use promo code Ron. That'll get your deposit match up to hundred dollars. You can get in some drafts on underdog fantasy, take Quentin Johnson at this absolute ridiculous price tag. They have pickums. They have a bunch of really cool stuff you can check out on underdog fantasy. Now, in terms of Quentin Johnston, the prospect, the reason why I think he's built to win leagues is because when we look at his comps, he comes out as an elite wide receiver prospect. Again, the RS grades absolutely love him. Uh, elite prospect here, legendary prospect here. Those are just like the super high echelons of my model. Quentin Johnson comes out in the same exact prospect tier as, you know, guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Keem Nix, Michael Crabtree, T. Higgins, Kenny Britt, the legendary guys in there that are also good comps, A.J. Green, Sammy Watkins, Amari Cooper. So you can see the upside is very much there. The production is an A in the RS grades. Like, he looks good. He's an early declare. He's 6'3", 208 pounds. There's tons of upside there. He's like the only big physical wide receiver in this draft class, which usually does kind of breed your really high upside seasons. You know, we've seen it with, you know, your Debo Samuels, your A.J. Browns, your Brandon Ayukes. Quentin Johnston fits that mold. He has an amazing range of comps that the database spits out for him. He is an elite wide receiver prospect. His his RS grade would be right in line with Jack Smith, Najigba, Drake London, uh, Traylon Burks, all of those rookie wide receivers who have gone way ahead of Quentin Johnston to this point. And the reason to buy in at this price of a seventh round ADP is... 
Seventh round is a pretty relatively low asking price on a guy like Quentin Johnston, and it means if he completely whiffs or flames out, he doesn't really hurt your team, right? If you're drafting him in the seventh round, he's probably going to be like a wide receiver four for you, right? He's probably not even going to be in your flex right away. So I think he's a great upside shot because of what the upside looks like for his skill set. Like when we look at what he did in college, this is a great chart. I believe this is from, this is from Fusu uh, on Twitter. Yeah, at Debbie Yusuf or at Debbie Fusu. Um, but you can see Quentin Johnson is in a tier of his own when it comes to missed tackle rate at ADOT. This is your, your relevant wide receiver prospects from 2019 to 2023. And relatively speaking, the further down the field you're getting the ball, the less yak and the less missed tackles forced you're adding to your stat sheet. That is not true with Quinn Johnson. He is an anomaly where his ADOT was all the way down in like that 18-yard range, and his missed tackle force rate was also crazy high. So he is this guy where usually the way that you're going to win in fantasy football as a wide receiver or just be efficient in general, is with Yak or ADOT, right? In particular, you have a guy like Debo Samuel. His efficiency comes from Yak, missed tackles for us, big plays, where Olave last year cleared like, he was like what, like top five, top six in yards per out run because his ADOT was like 16 yards downfield. So he's, aver- he's already adding those extra yards on before the catch. Usually it's one or the other. With Quan Johnson, it's both, which gives him this massive efficiency ceiling to, you know, outperform the low volume that a rookie wide receiver usually gets in year one and that's really exciting uh and it's why he was really efficient like when we look here this is a Dwayne McFarland stat um let me pull it up here it is it said in per PFF data Johnson was an absolute monster against press man coverage with a juicy 33 percent target per out run and an eye-popping 3.85 yards per out run over the last two seasons no player with at least 75 routes against press man was better in the power five. So in terms of press man, just being on the outside one-on-one in man coverage, press man, he had the highest yards per out run. He had a juicy 33% target per out run. So he's getting open. He's commanding targets. He's being efficient. And that's what we want for a guy, especially that's a seventh round pick, especially a guy we're drafting in best ball that just has massive, massive spike week potential, especially because he is a high A dot wide receiver that has a huge efficiency ceiling of the yards at the catch ability after, you know, getting the ball, you know, 16 yards downfield. And then he's also paired with Justin Herbert on what should be an explosive, you know, high-scoring offense with Justin Herbert, who has one of the biggest arms in the league and can actually connect with Quentin Johnston downfield. So that's really exciting because now you have Quentin Johnston who doesn't need a 25% target share to get there. He can get there with like a 20% target share because he doesn't need many catches to absolutely go off. Like these are his best career games from college. And outside of, you know, 180 yards and above, everything below that is six catches or less, right? Like we're looking, like look at this game versus Michigan in the college football playoffs, six for 163 in a touchdown. He turned six catches into 163 yards in a touchdown. Same thing for his Baylor. He turned five catches into 142 in a touchdown. He turned four catches versus Kansas State into 139. He turned three catches versus Oklahoma State into 114 yards. So he can just give you like almost like Will Fuller stat lines, or he can give you like four for 120 in a touchdown off of like four targets. And that's what you're shooting for when it comes to rookie wide receivers, right? They're going to win with efficiency. And that's what you're shooting for, you know, outside of the top five rounds, you want guys who don't need all the volume in the world. He's a rookie wide receiver. You also have him in a spot here where, you know, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams have missed time on their own the last like year or so, 
one of them could, you know, step aside. Quinn Johnson could kind of fill in their role. I mean, he's not going to go in the slot like Keenan Allen. I'd assume Palmer probably slides inside in that situation. Actually, Quentin Johnson, actually, I think that he had one of the highest yards per out run uh, out of the slot last year. So maybe they would mess around with him, maybe rotate between him and Palmer uh, if Keenan Allen went down. But it's just, you know, you pair a guy in Quentin Johnson with a 15.6 career yard dot. You pair that with Justin Herbert, who has one of the best arms in the league, and you just have massive spike week potential, which, yes, helps you in best but also helps you in, in redraft leagues because if you're putting a guy like Quentin Johnson in your lineup, you want, like, week-winning weeks, right? You want the upside to offset a dud uh, in your lineup, and that's just kind of the profile he has. Now, the issue is that he is a third wide receiver on his depth chart. By the way, again, we talked about it earlier, but JSN's in the same exact boat. But I looked back. The last time Kellen Moore had three stud wide receivers all healthy for a season, it was CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and uh, Michael Gallup, and I believe it was 2021. Um, and they had the six most three-plus wide receiver sets in the league. I'd imagine that if you use a first-round pick on a wide receiver three in Quentin Johnston, that they're going to run more three wide receiver sets. They're going to pass the ball a ton. We look at Kellen Moore and what he's done over the last four years in Dallas. Three of those years, he had a top-six offense in scoring. Three of those years, he had a top-ten offense in pass attempts. There's going to be a lot of volume. There's going to be a lot of scoring in this offense. Quentin Johnson just has a spot here where he could just have such an insane amount of efficiency uh, that you don't really need the volume uh, as a wide receiver three in this offense. It does help as well. There's not really a tight end of consequence in Gerald Everett. He's not going to take a ton away. Um, so I'm very much into Quentin Johnson. I'm taking a lot of him. I'm stacking a lot of him with Justin Herbert. Um, again, we talked to rookie wide receivers, our league winners, their cheat codes, and he is the cheapest one in the elite tier of wide receivers from this draft class. So for that reason, I'm drafting a lot of Quentin Johnson. If you want to go out there and draft some Quentin Johnson yourself, again, That'll be on Underdog. Use promo code RON when you hop on Underdog Fantasy. I'll have a link down below in the comments. But as always, I appreciate you guys sticking around here watching this video. I figured I'd give you guys a quick little one on this Saturday, even though, I mean, this was what, like a 17-minute video on just one player. Um, so that's kind of tough. But anyways, I appreciate you guys watching, and I will see you all in the next one.